In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. For your next mistake, I put in work and watch my status escalate. The corn balls get stonewalled, blackballed, I own all. The veteran running my plan, I'm the better man. Crazy raw, doing my job like the mob, blazing y'all and disappearing in the fog or a mist. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, what a week in college football. Again, the playoffs are set. Bowl game. Games are slated and ready to go. College football award season is here. The Heisman Trophy presentation is this weekend. More news and notes of coaches going here, going there, going everywhere. And we're going to break it all down right here on the Punt and Pass podcast. If you want to get involved with the podcast, Everybody who listens knows that they can holler at us on social media. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler 13. And dude, a lot of people, Aaron, on social media are saying we need a show every day. I know you're busy. I've been pretty busy as well. Maybe in the future. Maybe. We got big plans for the podcast, but right now, Let's just go back to a little Sunday, Thursday action. What do you say? Hey, let's do it, man. We'll get back to the normal Sunday, Thursday. And uh, I appreciate though. I appreciate everyone. We've gotten a lot of love. It was funny. I was in the, uh, I was working out yesterday. Finally can get a nice workout routine. Now I'm not traveling every week. And one of the guys was saying, so what do you think about the game this weekend? Are you going to be going with your man crush Baker Mayfield or for the playoffs? And I said, <laughs> you've been watching the podcast, my there friend. And he said, dude, I love it. I listen to it every week. And and we've been getting a lot of great feedback. So continue to send it, continue to send your questions so we can answer them and get back to you guys. Speaking of your man crush, Baker Mayfield, friend of the program, David Pollock, had some hot takes on College Football Live after the Rose Bowl was announced. And I understand uh, David has uh, earned his stripes by being unbiased. But later on in this very episode, I have a few thoughts that people may want to hear me talk about because uh, he's wrong. Again, just like he was last week when he said Georgia was going to have a big, tough time dealing with Auburn's defensive line. But uh, I'm actually headed down, and tonight you can watch me on the College Football Awards show on ESPN presented 
by Home Depot. I'm giving out the Ray Guy Award. I'll be an official presenter. Cool enough, Aaron. My dad is giving out the Lou Groza Award, which goes out to the nation's top place kicker. Herschel is giving out the Doak Walker Award, giving out to the nation's top running back. And Pollock is giving out, I think, the Bednarik Award, which is the top defensive player of the year. So a good contingent of Bulldogs will be in the fold at the ESPN College Football Award Show. What about you, man? You're back in the office. You're grinding. Back on the grind, but no more football games being called. No more having to travel Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, no more traveling for me. I got one more in studio at the end of the year with CBS going to be up there and and doing some uh, for the bowl games, working with them. And it was weird. Sharon, we we're texting yesterday and she's like, you know, what do you want to do Saturday? Do you want to wake up? We'll get a workout in, maybe go to the belt line. And I'm just like, holy smokes. I actually have a weekend where I can just <laughs> sleep in, enjoy, you know, maybe go to a little buttermilk and get some good breakfast, play with the dog. So it's exciting to kind of have my first weekend off since I think August uh, to kind of just sit back, enjoy, spend some time with, like I said, her and the dogs and do some exploring and, and fun throughout Atlanta before it gets too chilly here. But it's going to be a little depressing, man, without college football. I I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to step up my my NFL game. I've been really yeah. slack in watching NFL this season, just really drained by the time Sunday comes around. But I'm going to need to get my football kick somehow. Whether it's going out there and throwing the football, the little pigskin around in the yard or watching the NFL and seeing what's going on with those guys because it's going to be a fun end of the season for all these teams heading into the playoffs as well. No doubt. December football in the NFL, tough to beat. But speaking of needing action in college football, Aaron, I think we're going to do the bowl pick'em contest. We're going to do, I'm going to set up a punt and pass podcast bowl pick'em. I will be tweeting out that information probably this weekend, sometime early next week, so we can be sure to pick every single bowl game. But prizes will be given out. I love and we love interacting with our fans and listeners, so look out for that. Look out for the punt and pass podcast pick'em. And we could use... A sponsor for that because listen, it could be the punt and pass podcast pick them presented by. That's just good alliteration right there. So any takers, holler at us. That would be awesome. And you know what though? It's good though, because you're not traveling a lot. It's holiday season. You got any plans for the holidays? Talk to me. We we booked our flight to Pasadena, baby. So Ooh, I'm pumped hey, for no, that. Sweet. So we're we're gonna be heading out there as long as praying for everyone out there in LA yeah. with the fires going on. I've seen pictures and I tell you what, it, it is not it's not fun for those people. Everything gets under control and everyone's safe and, and kind of out of harm's way and then they start getting ready for the Rose Bowl. But we are picked, we are ready to rock and roll, got the tickets, got the hotel set, and we will be out there. Yeah, congrats to you on getting all that planned out. I'm still looking into it. Definitely want to try to make my way out to Pasadena with Jackie. That's just gonna be an awesome atmosphere. So I'll update you when I book our tickets to Pasadena, if that happens, probably 50-50 right now. But speaking of the holiday season, Aaron, if you're listening to the podcast, there's a good chance you're on your phone. There's a good chance you're on your computer. Why don't you go ahead and go to SockFancy.com slash PuntPass right now. That's right. Now is the time to subscribe to SockFancy.com and do it using this link, SockFancy.com slash PuntPass. Enter the promo code PUNTPASS at checkout. That's P-U-N-T-P-A-S-S at 
checkout, and you will get an extra pair of socks added to any subscription for free. That's right. It's absolutely free when you go to SockPantsy.com slash PuntPass. Enter the promo code PuntPass, P-U-N-T-P-A-S-S at checkout. The holidays are here. Get your ass in gear. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Start shopping now. Cross off your list with the perfect gift. You can gift a Sock Fancy subscription for three months, six months, nine months, or even a year long, and Sock Fancy handles the rest. They ship for free all over the world. If you don't like a pair of socks that they gave you, maybe the color's not your feel, maybe the pattern's a little bit different than you anticipated, send it back for free. They'll send you another one back for free. It's as easy as that. I tell you what, tomorrow when I'm on, or tonight actually, excuse me, when I'm on ESPN giving out that Ray Guy Award, I'll be wearing sock fancy socks. So props to me. I know I'll look good in my sock fancy. Yeah, you're going to look good. I'm sure you're going to sound good. And it's, yeah. I like going back to what you said earlier, you, your dad, Herschel, I mean, we got some Georgia studs. So I hope everyone's tuning in watching and see what you can do. No doubt. Okay, speaking of Georgia studs, let's get right to the news and notes. Big news coming out today. SEC Freshman of the Year, Jake Fromm. SEC Coach of the Year, Kirby Smart. SEC Defensive Player of the Year, Roquan Smith. Really, really cool. Aaron, you know it better than anyone. If you've played the game, you understand that team success translates to individual accolades when you go 11-1. and 12-1 and one win the SEC championship. People are going to get recognized for what they do on the field. Shout out to all these guys, and I'm sure they'll be the first to tell you that team effort brings individual accolades. Yeah, if you're if you're a great football team, you're scoring a lot of points, you're playing great defense, you're in the spotlight. I can't tell you the amount of times that Georgia was on that SEC game of the week at 3.30. I mean, it was three weeks in a row at one point. They're on ESPN every week, so all these people, they're getting to see them. And that's a great thing with winning. And it also that goes to the Heisman, you know, finalists as well. These guys who are in the spot like week in, week out, they're playing the big games. They're playing on national television. They're not playing those those noon games where only half the country watches or they're not playing the the West Coast games at nine or ten o'clock where no one on the East Coast is watching the other way around. It really makes a difference. So if you want to be considered for these top awards at the end of the year, whether it's within your country, within your conference, within uh, just your division, whatever it might be, you need to be winning. You need to be on national TV week in and week out in Georgia, man. They were all, every single week. Like I said, they were in the spotlight and those guys shined. And then obviously the game of the year, the game of the week, last week, the SEC championship game, both those guys played awesome. And then obviously Kirby has just done a tremendous job in two years getting those guys going. Yeah. I'll be really interested to see who wins that home Depot coach of the year award. I know Kirby is, a nominee for it, and that is a national award. It'd be really cool, and he would be very much deserving of said award. Okay, let's get to some coaching news. Jimbo Fisher named the head coach at Texas A&M. We broke that news on Sunday's episode of the podcast. He signed a 10-year deal, $7.5 million per year, and Aaron and I tweeted out a video. It's absolutely hilarious. First off, props to Texas A&M because they have a G4 that is absolutely badass. But they had the band out there waiting for him. They rolled out the maroon carpet for him. He steps off this plane like he's some sort of dictator or warlord only in the SEC. I mean, that's absolutely unbelievable. When you see a setup like that, a situation like that, where they go scoop him up in the G4 in Tallahassee, bring him to College Station, and march him out to uh, band and military. Yeah, it's awesome. And the the funny thing I saw, not just that, but Francois, his old quarterback at FSU, calling him out, 
saying pretty much my coach just left me without even t- calling me, not texting <laughs> me. Now there's a few wow. going. He's saying he did call him, and it's just I think I don't think he did. I think we talked about last week. I think he put the Christmas tree out front. Yeah. He packed his stuff up. He jumped in the G4, and he was out of Tallahassee in a heartbeat. He was ready to get out. I think everyone at Tallahassee was expecting it. They're ready for the move. And it's a different world, man. When you're you're a coach in Texas, whether it's high school football, whether it's college football, pro football, between the money, uh, the boosters, the people that want to be involved, they want to know the knowledge. It's like Friday Night Lights when when all the boosters show up to the high school coach's office the night before the game. Yeah. And they just want all the goods. They want the stories. They want to know who's healthy, who's hurt, what's the game plan, how many times well, you know, are we going to run the ball? What are the trick plays? And and he's going to have to deal with that. He's because he's going to have to make those guys happy because they put so much money into that program. And obviously getting $75 million guaranteed over 10 years is not too shabby as well. No, and his replacement at Florida State is going to be Willie Taggart, who was the coach at Oregon for just one year. That's right. He was at Oregon for one season. This past season, he went seven and five. And he gets named the head coach at Florida State. So the latest person to reach the top without achieving much of anything at all is Willie Taggart. Add his name to the list. A name that comes up to me when speaking about that type of situation, Aaron, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin was named the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, and he hadn't done a damn thing to deserve it. Willie Taggart has done absolutely nothing in his coaching career to prove that he will be successful at Florida State. Can he recruit? I mean, I guess so. He recruited at South Florida, didn't have much success. He did okay at Western Kentucky. It got him to South Florida. Oregon opened up. He went out there for one season. He went 7-5. and five. Now he's the head coach at FSU. Come on, man. This is an outrageous hire. I don't like it one bit, and I don't think Taggart has done anything to deserve being named the head coach at such a a top football institution like Florida State. Listen, I don't see anything wrong with that. I remember Willie Tiger when he was at USF and he was recruiting me back in the day, and I thought he was awesome. Oh, I thought he was a tremendous coach, you knew a you tremendous going recruiter. To South Florida. Obviously, I know I'm not going to South Florida, but I'm just talking about as a person, as a recruiter, as a coach. He was by far one of my favorites uh, during the whole process. And I mean, he turned USF around and got 10 wins in 2016. And then this year, Oregon was rolling early in the season. And then all of a sudden their quarterback gets hurt. They were rolling early. Their starting quarterback hurt. Look at FSU. They, they, they were not anticipating the year they had this year for sure fighting to try to get into a bowl game. You know, just like anyone else, injuries kill teams, especially at the quarterback position, because this isn't the NFL where you have too deep at quarterback, a great backup guy that can come in and do your, their thing. You know, these backup quarterbacks at these colleges, it's, you know, kind of risky, these develop, developmental guys and, and Oregon hit that injury bug early uh, and then kind of dropped off from there. But he has his roots in Florida. He knows where to recruit. I think he's a young guy, brings a lot of excitement. I'm fine with the hire. I think he's going to do a great job. I think they're still a very talented team. And if he can just get, you know, obviously get Francois healthy, yeah, feeling good for next year. Uh, and he knows where to go recruiting-wise to get some good, talented freshmen in there as well. I think he's going to be just fine. I really like the hire, mostly, like I alluded to earlier, the fact that he's such a great person, a great coach, and, and a great recruiter. I think he'll do uh, just wonders there at Florida State. All right, so solid disagreement. You you made a good argument, though, so maybe I'll warm up to it. But right now, not my cup of tea at Florida State. Aaron feels differently, and you have a little personal experience, and that's what you get here on the Punt and Pass podcast. Guys who know what they're talking about 
and who have actual experience with the coaches. So, Aaron, thanks for the persuasion, brother. Hey, another coach that got named uh, at a different location was Scott Frost, named the head coach at Nebraska. This one was a lock. Everybody knew it was happening probably as soon as Nebraska got rid of Mike Riley. Shout out to him. We said it on Sunday's podcast. If he can make Nebraska relevant again, it will go a long, long way to talk about what he is as a coach. I'm going to be interesting to see because, you know, you can run that kind of offense, you know, his spread offense, the up-tempo. You can run that kind of stuff when you're in Oregon and yeah. you can recruit, you can recruit California speed. You can run that type of offense when you're in Florida because there's all the speed down there, especially from Tampa down to Miami. So you're recruiting all these great athletes to be in your type of offense. I don't know if he can recruit the type of guys that he needs for that offense in Nebraska. I don't know where he's going to get it from. Usually you think of that type of football, you think of great running game. I mean, obviously, even when he was in Nebraska in the late 90s, they ran the ball. He ran the ball well. It's going to be interesting to see who he kind of pulls in from, if if he's going to get some athletes from Texas, if he's going to be able to dive into Florida from guys he was recruiting for this year's UCF class to see if he can kind of flip them over, get them to Nebraska. I think that's going to be a tall task for him, trying to evolve as a play caller understand that I might not have the best talent when it comes to receivers, running backs, these quick, fast, maybe smaller guys that I'm used to getting at say in Oregon, a, a USF UCF. Now I got to recruit some bigger guys. We might have to run the ball a little bit more downhill. So I'm interested to see what he does next year and the year after that, uh, when it comes to just his type of players. Yeah, that is a, that's a really good point, Aaron. It'll be really, I'm curious to see what he does in the big 10. I just saw a crazy statistic brought up on my phone it's by peter burns peter burns is an sec network analyst and host he says and this goes back to willie taggart sorry i'm still stuck on it in the span of less than 365 days willie taggart has recruited kids to join him at three different schools south florida oregon and now florida state college football's crazy all right speaking of crazy tennessee tennessee is cornered three finalists it seems mel tucker being one of them the defensive coordinator at georgia kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator at auburn and jeremy pruitt the defensive coordinator at alabama and based off what i've seen aaron jeremy pruitt is the front runner right now he does not scare me at all i don't know about his leadership ability i don't know what kind of staff he would be able to create around him that is the biggest part when you're talking about how to become a successful head coach case in point being Kirby Smart. Kirby has put in a fantastic staff around him. There's already being talked about a couple people leaving, getting higher positions and promotions. Any thoughts on Pruitt maybe being the next head coach at Tennessee? I don't know if he would fit on Rocky Top really well. I don't think he'll fit anywhere as a head coach. Yeah, and I, I just go back to stories when he was at Georgia and obviously with Coach Rick and you just see him in practice and the sidelines. He's cussing. He's yelling at, at your own head coach. You know, not just the players, but the head coach. Come on, man. The the, the blame disrespect for authority. Uh, I just don't know how that fits well. When you are the head coach, you're having to uh, talk to these boosters or to the AD or people in in front of you. You can't go in there and cuss them out. No. And he was doing that to Coach Rick. And Coach Rick's probably one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. Nice nice or mean, that's his authority, like you're saying. Yes, it's his authority. So I'm I'm really uh, kind of taken back by it. Uh, and I think that's why Alabama was such a good fit for Pruitt because I don't think he's going to be yelling and cussing at Nick Saban Look, anytime dude, soon. You so. cross the line with Coach Saban. I mean, the you're cops are cops are coming in and arresting you, and you might not be back allowed in the state anymore. I mean, you're totally right, though. I, I'm on the same exact page with you. The stories that I've heard about Coach Pruitt, I don't know how his leadership model would fit at Rocky Top, and 
You cross Phil Fulmer like that. You cross Peyton Manning like that. Even even if you don't mean to, dude, those fans will run you out so quickly. You've already seen how that happens um, with their reaction to the coaching search so far. Hey, breaking news. Arkansas hiring Chad Morris. Chad Morris, the head coach at Southern Methodist University in North Dallas, Texas, but formerly the defensive coordinator. Or was he an offensive guy, Aaron, at Clemson? He was an offensive guy at okay. Clemson. Yeah, offensive uh, yeah, coordinator yep. at Clemson. Yeah, he was an offensive coordinator at Clemson, quarterback coach from 2011 to 2014. Then obviously went to went to SMU uh, and really has turned that program around pretty fast. You know, five wins and now has a chance to win seven this year. So uh, he's done a great job. I like the hire. He's a guy, obviously, you go back to Clemson and their success offensively. He did a great job there that the years he was there, they're always a high-powered offense. He knows what he's doing. SMU, he turned them around to a winning program all of a sudden. So it's it's a good hire and, and it's a quick, it's easy transition for him too when, it, when you want to talk about recruiting, going from Texas to Arkansas. He's already probably seen a lot of guys recruiting a lot of similar guys at SMU that he, you know, that he's going to continue recruiting at Arkansas. So it's a good fit from him, good coach, great track record. And it's going to be a good fit. We'll see if you can turn now Arkansas around in the near future. Yeah, it seems like a good fit. Arkansas usually leans towards more offensive-minded guys to run their program, going back to even Bobby Petrino. Uh, I've heard good things about Chad Morris through people that have played for him, through people who knew him at Clemson. And it seems like he deserves his shot in the SEC, and I'm excited to see what goes on there. Hey, the college football awards tonight. I know I sent you a list of a bunch of people Want to take a few shots at see who's going to win? I know the Bednarik Award's already been announced. Bradley Chubb at NC State has won the Bednarik Award. What about the Belitnikoff Award, Aaron? I just want one name. Michael Gallup from Colorado State, David Sills from West Virginia, or James Washington from Oklahoma State. I think I know who's going to win. I tell you what, James Washington, is. A, yes. he's a, he can take the top off of defense. He's unbelievable. Big kid, fast kid, uh, just within that offense. And obviously we go again to, to people being able to see these teams and, and recognize the name recognition, seeing them week in and week out. I think Oklahoma state was on the national spotlight throughout this season. They're known for a great offense. It starts with the QB and a great receiver duo. And he obviously uh, is a terrific receiver, but Gallup, you know, Colorado state guy, he yeah. is, he is an impressive guy. And I got to see him up close this year when I went out there to cover their game, big receiver, talented kid, is able not only just to go up there and catch a ball, but he can separate, which is really impressive for his size. Uh, and he's a dang competitor. When he has the ball in his hands, he wants to score a touchdown every time he touches the rock. So it's gonna be it's it's gonna be between those two guys. But I just think Washington, with the name, uh, with people watching him a little yeah, bit more on TV so this too. year, and and nothing to take away from him. I mean, you turn on the film and you just see him catching post routes, catching go balls and just running right by everyone. Yeah. Yeah, It's crazy. Hey, what about the Doak Walker award nation's premier running back three names? And I feel like you could go really anywhere right here. Saquon Barkley from Penn state, obviously Bryce love from Stanford or Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. I mean, who's going to get that one? That's a toss up. I mean, Saquon, the way he played early in the season, uh, but he kind of, you know, him and Penn State definitely lost a lot of their yeah, their flame, their juice, you know, about eight, nine weeks into the season. I like Bryce Love. I think he was really consistent throughout this season, uh, had a great job. Obviously, their team was in the Pac-12 championship. He had a great game, got a little banged up at the end, but he's right there. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy. Uh, it would be interesting to see just 
go back to name recognition, Saquon Barkley, but I think he's just more of an all around guy. I mean, obviously he's a big time in special teams, kick return, uh, then played really well uh, early yeah. in the season. But then you turn on the film and a couple of games, he's only getting 40, 50 yards, only averaging 2.2 yards a carry. Uh, that's why I think love will be the guy walking away with the award on Thursday night. All right, I'll give you a couple of my predictions. I think Daniel Carlson from Auburn is going to win the Lou Groza Award. That's the nation's top kicker. And for the Ray Guy Award, I have to talk about it. I think Michael Dixon from Texas is going to win. His statistics are mind-boggling. He's blowing out everybody in the nation, and I would be shocked if he doesn't take that trophy home. Tune in tomorrow night, or Thursday night, excuse me, at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Hey, breaking news. Baker Mayfield won the Heisman, right? This is the most uninteresting Heisman race of all time. Baker Mayfield's going to win it. You can credit Punt and Pass Podcast for saying Baker Mayfield has won the Heisman because it's a no-brainer, right? I mean, this thing's done. I know Lamar Jackson and Bryce Love are going up there with him, but no shot, right? No, there's no shot. I mean, Lamar Jackson, obviously, uh, it's still you can't take anything away from him. Talented guy, only not only passing the ball but running the ball, but Baker Mayfield, they're they're in the playoffs. He's just dominated each and every week. Even the one loss he had this year, he still had a great game. Uh, there's no no questions about it. It's going to be a snoozer. I think I may turn in with about 15 minutes to go just to hear his speech and see if he says anything yeah. or does any gestures to the crowd or <laughs> calls out the UGA for, uh, fan base for calling him the other night, getting his phone number and calling him. So we'll see what kind of speech he has. And uh, But, I mean, going back to his story and what's something you talked about I think it was this past week is just a guy that was a walk on two places was a walk on at Texas tech transferred Oklahoma was a walk on dude. He was, he was playing intramural softball at Oklahoma and the coaches didn't even know he was on campus because he was walking on on his own dime. Now he's going to win the Heisman. Now he's going to win the Heisman. It could be potentially a first round pick. I think he should be a first round pick Yeah, and he can lead his team to a national championship. So how about that turnaround? You got a guy who was a walk-on at two schools. That's unheard has of. Has a chance to win a Heisman, win a national championship, and then be drafted in the first round. They said at Texas Tech, I and mean, this was an article, and, and they weren't able to confirm it based off of their statistical research. But And I would believe this. They said Baker Mayfield is the first ever true freshman walk-on to start at quarterback in Division One. That would make sense, right? That does not happen. First no, it ever definitely doesn't happen. true freshman walk-on at Texas Tech who started the first game at quarterback. So shout out to Baker Mayfield for winning the Heisman, and there will be a lot of talk leading up to his playoff game against the third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Speaking of that matchup, Aaron, speaking of that matchup, I'm looking around, and our boy David Pollock is talking about the Georgia Bulldogs, but he's also talking about the Oklahoma Sooners and how good – their offense is and how dominant Baker Mayfield is and how Baker Mayfield is going to be the Heisman Trophy winner and how Baker Mayfield scores at will. And he comes out and says, put Oklahoma down for 30 points against Georgia in the Rose Bowl. Now, I don't even know who he picked. I, 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 don't, I think he might have even picked Georgia. But he comes out and says this is going to be 40-something to 30-something. Pencil in Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma's offense for 30 against Georgia's defense. And I sit there and I go, hold on, just one, one second, Aaron. Hold on just one second. David, I know, and I, and I love you, David. You're a friend of the program. You're a Georgia great. I would never hold your opinions about college football against you, but you're wrong here. 
How are you going to come out and say for a fact that Oklahoma is going to score 30-plus on Georgia? You know how many times teams scored 30-plus on Georgia this season? Once, and it was the Auburn game when Georgia played their worst game of the year, had their worst field position of the year, and turned the ball over the most they had all season. Aaron, my NFL comparisons have done really well the past couple weeks. I've got another great comparison for you. What happens in the Super Bowl when the number one offense gets matched up against the number one defense? I think the number one defense wins just about every single time. There may have been one time in the late 80s where the number one offense beat the number one defense. Just recently, last year, the Atlanta Falcons, number one offense against the Patriots, number one defense. Falcons scored less than their points per game. Patriots won the Super Bowl. A few years ago, in the Super Bowl, the number one offense, the Denver Broncos, played the number one defense, the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle beat them 43-8. to I won a square in that game for like 1600 bucks because I had three and eight. I thought I was shot out of water. But they had a safety late, or excuse me, a two-point conversion late. Simply put this, I think it was a flippant comment. I don't think he did his research. How are you going to say that with a month to prepare and with Georgia's front seven, that Baker Mayfield and the Oklahoma offense is just going to pick them apart and score 30 points? You know what Georgia's going to do? They're going to run the ball. They're going to control the clock. Oklahoma's defense can't tackle. They are going to manage this game and limit the amount of possessions that Oklahoma's offense has, just like what they did against Georgia Tech. They held Georgia Tech, the nation's premier rushing offense, to under 200 yards. So David Pollock, let's do a little research, man. I know you were caught up in emotion on stage there when the entire playoff was announced, but to come out and say for a fact that Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma are going to score 30, I'm going to hold back just a little bit. Let's see how the month progresses. Oklahoma's running back has already ran into a bit of trouble. He might not even be available. Aaron, am I wrong here? I'm passionate about it. I'm not saying that it won't happen, but to state it as fact that Oklahoma's going to hang 30 on Georgia, hold on, man. Georgia's defense is pretty damn good, and they're going to have a month to prepare for what they think will be an extremely explosive offense. First of all, I need you to save some of this energy for when we actually do our preview show of these games. Oh, yeah, games. there's but plenty saved. I love it. I, I, think, I love how David got, got under your skin a little <laughs> bit over here. Well, I'm just, you know what? It Last shoots. week, he was wrong because he was thinking about Auburn's D-line, XYZ. This is going to be a tough matchup. Guess who was right? Me. I said Auburn's out of gas and Georgia's going to win by 10+. plus. So, Listen, I think I'm he's right. just looking he's at wrong. Oklahoma. Obviously, he's looking at Oklahoma season. They have the Heisman favorite. Their offense has scored less than 30 points. Only one game this year to, to, to Texas middle of the season. They only scored 29 points. Everything lately. It's been 41, 59, 41, 38, 62, 49, 42, seven, three, zero, 14. Exactly. 17. So you get the, you get the best two at the, one of the best defenses in the country. Defense probably the best offense. David and should know that agree. better than anyone. Yes. Completely agree. Especially when you give a team a one month preparation. And I know you can say, Oh, well the offense is going to be prepared for the defense. Defenses, especially in college, they're not that complicated. They run base stuff. They're going to have your base blitzes. It's And I think with Georgia, Kirby understands, I'm just, our guys are just more talented. I don't need yeah. to have all these exotic blitzes and, and schemes defensively. I just got to let my guys line up and play football, play fast, play physical. And Oklahoma has not seen a defense like this this entire season. No. They haven't. They haven't. They haven't faced a good defense. The one thing going against, going for Oklahoma, though, Obviously, you get the Heisman, the Heisman favorite, the guy who's probably going to win it this Saturday. 
and you got a great offensive line, something that they talked about at the beginning of the season. Oklahoma's offensive line, they had everyone back from the previous season. Yep. They're big, they're talented, and you see it. Baker has all day in the pocket to kind of examine what's going on, to use his feet to kind of roll around, let his receivers continue to work. And they got some great receivers that can stretch the field vertically with inside fades, with post routes, with go routes, crossing routes over the middle, where if you give him time, I don't know how great Georgia's secondary is. And if you give him three or four seconds, I don't know if they can handle covering guys for that long yeah, but Georgia, in the back end. Georgia's not going to play man coverage on the back end. I mean, they're going to do like a cover two, cover three zone, and they're going to trust their front seven to get to Baker Mayfield. If they could do it with their front four, that would be best. But let's be honest. Georgia is not going to go in there and say, we're going to run two man and let Baker Mayfield carve them up. Not going to happen. They're going to do that those umbrella zone concepts that you know how to beat. And then trust their front seven to affect Baker Mayfield. They collapse the well, pocket gonna, well. They control the, blitz. the edge. They control the they're edge. They're going to have to put. If they want to put pressure on Baker, I don't know if they, you're going to be able to do that just rushing four. And and we saw that versus Auburn this past weekend. Georgia was bringing the inside linebacker, whether on cross sog blitzes, bringing a single guy off the yeah. edge, finding ways to get pressure on Stidham. And and I think Oklahoma is a better offensive line than than Auburn does. Yeah. yeah. So it's not going to be. You can't just sit back and zone and just rush four and give him all day to throw the football. You're going to have to bring one guy. You're going to have to bring two. And whether it's a fire zone blitz where you're going to drop a defensive end and play zone behind it or play man behind it and bring five guys rushing, you're going to have to find ways to be creative because zone or man, if you give him four or five seconds to dissect the defense, he's going to complete balls. He's just too good. He is a really good quarterback. Yeah. And he's also dangerous, dangerous with his feet as well. I, you know, I, to wrap this up, I just love the matchup. I love having two vastly different teams. I love that they each have a month to prepare. I love that it's going to be defense versus offense. And you know what, Aaron? I'm a punter. A punter is supposedly a defensive position. Defense wins championships. And I'm here to say that I like Georgia's chances. I have not picked the game yet. I'm not going to tell you to score until before the game. But uh, maybe you could see where I'm leaning based off of how I disagree with David Pollock. And David, I love you, man. Go dogs. You're an all-time great, and I'll see you tonight at the College Football Award Show. So hopefully you've listened to the podcast, and we can have a nice um, conversation about how I feel the Rose Bowl will go. Aaron, anything on the way out, my man? No, man. Exciting stuff. And just breaking news right now. We got South Carolina fired their offensive coordinator. So our boy, McClendon, co-offensive coordinator, We'll be calling plays in the bowl game this year for Georgia, South Carolina. Georgia so, football letter. Georgia boy. Yeah, exactly. So craziness. Roper is out. McClendon in full-time OC right now. We'll see if they make any changes after the bowl game. They'll probably depend on how well he coaches the game. Yeah. If they have a great game offensively, I'm sure he'll get promoted to full-time. He's the guy going forward. If they don't play too well offensively, I'm sure they'll look back, kind of reevaluate, see what they want to do with him, if they need to bring another guy in there uh, to kind of help him out for the 2018 season. I like his chances. Coach McLennan's an awesome guy. Again, a former Georgia wide receiver. I was on a few teams where he was a grad assistant. Aaron, I think you might have overlapped with BMAC as well. I like his chances as an interim offensive coordinator. Fun fact here, John Lilly. 2-0 and as an offensive coordinator in college football. One in the Belk Bowl, and I think one in the Gator Bowl. So shout out Coach Lilly. Hope you and the family are doing 
Well, all right, Aaron, let's holler back at everybody Sunday, do a little wrap-up, see who's won all these awards, talk about the Heisman a little bit, see what goes down on the newswire in college football. But for Aaron Murray, I'm Drew Butler. This has been Punt and Pass, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram, Punt and Pass at gmail.com. He is at Aaron Murray 11 and I am at Drew Butler 13. Thanks for tuning in. Rate, review, subscribe, and we will holler at you on Sunday. See you.